Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. for those that have talent and are willing to use that talent. Amen. Praise God. All right. Be here this morning. Amen. Brother Alex, always good to have you and your family back with us. Amen. Praise God. I must admit that that uh, you add just a little bit of enthusiasm to our worship service. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we are going to call your attention this morning to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to talk about the four rolling wheels, not really. Ezekiel chapter number... 46 and verse number 9. This is the uh, New King James Version. Doesn't change a lot, but it says this, when, But when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast day, today's your feast day, by the way. Are you hungry? All right. That whoever enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate, and whoever enters by the way of the south gate shall go out by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. And then we're going to read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. I'm going to try to get the amplified version up there. There we go. Says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. That's a mouthful. And, and do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adopted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Amen. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. Amen. Transformed through worship. Transformed through worship. Can I ask you one more time? Hallelujah. If you lift your hearts to the Lord. 
Amen. Going to ask Brother McKinn if he would lead us in prayer. And uh, hallelujah. Let's just uh, let's try to focus, bring all of our minds and hearts together here for just a few minutes, if you would. Brother McKinn. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Transformed through worship. I believe that's, of course, worship. A lot of uh, times we may uh, try to get a person's definition of worship. The first thing that comes, of course, is our praise to God. That's a part of it. That certainly doesn't entail really the full intention, I don't believe, that the Lord has uh, defined that for us. And there's a uh, book uh, I've been reading, and there's a gentleman by the name of Laurie Noland, a former music director, and he writes this about worship. He says, the possibility of engaging in worship but not being changed is when worship is reduced to a feel-good experience rather than a life-changing encounter with Christ. He says, often worship is reduced to, a, to singing catchy little tunes in church, or it is merely an emotional experience that leaves us momentarily inspired. Paul connects, as we read, Paul connects in the New Testament the spiritual act of worship with transformation. That's how he connects it. The ultimate worship experience in the Old Testament, the tabernacle worship, I believe the ultimate worship experience then occurred only one time a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. When only one person, the high priest, he would be the only person on planet earth to go behind that holy curtain and enter into the presence of Jehovah. How about it? Amen out there? I that that would have had to been the greatest experience of worship after going through all the sacrifices at the altar and going through the brazen laver and entering into the holy place and the candelabra and the showbread and everything there. But the ultimate experience was reserved only for that high priest. And he is the only one that could be a living witness of what it would be like to enter behind that and enter into the holiest of holies. Oh. One can only imagine the stories that he would share. Wow. What was it like? <laughs> what really happens when you go behind that curtain? 
The only other time in the Old Testament we read of someone having a close encounter with God was Moses. Exodus 34 tells a story of how Moses came down from Mount Sinai after being in the presence of God for a period of time. As he began to relay to the people the words that God had given to him, the people had to back away. Why? Because Moses was not aware of the transformation that had taken place in him after being in the presence of God for a period of about 40 days. I'm here to remind us all here today that it is not a light thing to enter into the presence of God. It is a life-changing event. You can't come into the presence of God and leave the same way. Verse number 35 tells us that there was a shine on the face of Moses. And it was so powerful that he had to place a veil over his face when he spoke to the people. In the New Testament, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse number 18, he says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory as the Spirit of God, as the Holy Ghost works inside of us, transforming us into His image. We'll look into that a little bit later on, time permits. But Christian transformation means changing from a life that no longer conforms to the world. We are, it is our one of our God-given responsibilities not to be conformed to the movement that has taken place in our culture, our society. But the church has got to retain and encourage and tell people, we have an identity. We're not interested in becoming another gender. We are here today to tell the world that I am created after the image of God, I am a male species, and our ladies are female species, and there is no other gender to be had. This is an inward, invisible change taking place inside of our hearts inside of our minds that produces the new man. Paul said, you are a new creature. He said, when you give your heart to God, when you're baptized in His name, when He fills you with the Holy Ghost, it was not an exaggeration when He said, all things 
become new. An invisible change. Moses, what's going on up there? Well, God's speaking to me. But he did not know. <laughs> he couldn't look in the mirror. He didn't know what was going on in the inside of him. That's why God's after your heart, friend. God's after your mind. They are so closely connected that you can't separate the two. That's why he says, if you love me, you got to love me with all of your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with everything that is within you, because that's what it takes. An invisible change taking place in our hearts and our minds that produces the new man on the outside, bearing fruit of the Spirit. Listen, it, it, it is not achieving the perfection. Right? If you have lived for God for a period of time, and there still is a challenge with anger, and bitterness, and envy, and strife, and all of those kinds of things. Hello, are you with me? The first time we find the word worship in the Bible, thank you, Brother Ryan, is when God speaks these words to Abraham. He said, take now thy son, listen carefully, thy only son Isaac, whom you love. said, go to Mount Moriah. There I want you to put Isaac on the altar of sacrifice. Abraham makes his way to the place of sacrifice. But listen to these words carefully. He speaks these words to those that he leaves behind. He says, I am the lad. We'll go yonder and we will worship and we will come again to you. You understand? Abraham was giving us the probably the greatest and most powerful act of worship that there has ever been other than the Lord Jesus himself hanging on the cross of Calvary. Abraham understood what it was like to wait that proverbial minute to get his million dollar son of promise? You can read further in the book of uh, Hebrews where it says that Abraham is called the faithful because of this. He knew that God had spoke. Listen carefully. He knew God had spoke the word of promise that was coming through Isaac. He knew that if he was willing to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, that God would have to raise him back up. Abraham's act of worship involved a couple of things. One, his willingness to give up something he loved. That's a part of worship. 
And it was an act of obedience to the word he had received from God. Understand? He. Listen, we're, we are here this morning. There are going to come times in your life that God is going to speak expressly to you. Sometimes it will be through the preacher. Sometimes it will be through the teacher. But sometimes it is God nudging you with a word directly for you for His will to be done in your life. Abraham's the only one that heard that story. I don't think Sarah heard it or she would have been out there putting a roadblock out. It was an act of obedience to the word he received from God. I think it would be safe to say that whatever God asked you and I to give up for him. Thank you, Brother Ryan, again. That was a great lesson this morning, talking about missionaries and what they give up to, you know, to go to the, the, to the field. But whatever God asks you to give up for him, you do so willingly is a very high form of worship. I remember a few times when God was blessing me in my career in the car business. I wanted to go higher. I could have probably gone higher. But his call to me was, GK, I need you to put your career on the altar. I am calling you to preach the gospel. I'm just saying. And if you don't believe that preaching the gospel is a sacrifice, then I encourage you to go get a license and do so. That was an act of worship to me. It has been a journey climbing my Mount Moriah, if you will. But I can tell you emphatically that God will provide. Whatever you are willing to sacrifice as a willing act of worship, He is there with you all of the way to the top, and He is going to bless you, and He is going to bless the future. Interesting, we find worship for the first time in the New Testament, the story of the wise men worshiping the child Jesus by emptying their treasure chest. Mark 10 gives us a story of the rich young ruler. His question to Jesus was, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus tells him, Keep all of the commandments. He said, I've done it, man. He says, this have I done from my youth. Jesus, beholding him, the Bible says, loved him and said to him, one thing you are lacking, go your way, sell everything you have, give to the poor, you shall have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. You see, the cross... 
The cross is the ultimate act of worship. That is the ultimate act of sacrificial worship. He didn't say, hey, give me, you know, we could use some of the dough so we can carry on the minute. No, no, he said, no. He says, no. He says, he says, if you really want to get in the game, he says, you got to be willing to sell everything you got. And then you, there's a trade off. You got to pick up the cross and you got to follow it. You know how the apostles were transformed? They gave up stuff in order to spend more time in his presence. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the same story. Jesus saw them, the chosen twelve, as they were fishing. Jesus said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately, the word of the Lord says, left their nets, and they followed him. They spent quality, listen carefully, they spent quality time. They sacrificed in order to spend quality time in the bodily presence of the Shekinah glory of the God of the universe. I'm not here preaching to quit your jobs and let's build a Pentecostal commune. We tried that a couple of times when we went to rock festivals and that didn't pan out too good except the guy that lived in Oregon, the guru guy that always rode around Rolls Royces. I forget his name, but who was it? It was quite the story. And God is not interested in you and I becoming isolated hermits, living in caves, you know, going back to the covered wagons, although that'd be a trip. I would like to go on vacation, though. You know, as long as the, I survived it, I'd love to go back and ride on the wagon train, go to you know, Oregon Trail for a week. To experience it so I could, you know. Amen. We're not, those 12, you know how? Yes, the Lord chose them. Yes, he ordained them. Yes, he called them. But there was the key ingredient of their transformation was that they were in the presence of, of the Lord God Almighty for three and a half years, and it transformed their lives. But they had to give up. Because transformation occurs when we are in His presence. Ezekiel is not about crowd control. Oh, you go to a. You ever been to an event? The crowd can come in one door, going out the other. That's not it, no sir. No, the underlying principle is that when you come into a worship service, when you 
when you come into the house of God, there is an underlying principle that if the word of the Lord is spoken in truth, and if the Holy Ghost is moving, there is an invisible transformation that has taken place on the inside of your heart, on the inside of your mind. It is changing you. It's transforming you. It's making something more out of you. You cannot leave the house of worship the same as when you came in. It is an impossibility unless you shut God off. The Holy Ghost has been in operation right here this morning. Moving, ministering, admonishing, encouraging, perhaps even giving spiritual direction in an area of your life that is in need this morning. Nudging some to move towards an altar of worship. Careful not to limit the presence of God. Listen carefully. We know, we know how we're not strangers to the what we believe the Word of God is alive, powerful, it's not bound. It will accomplish whatever it sets out to accomplish. It's going to get done, but don't limit the presence of God. Listen carefully. Luke 5, 1. Now it happened on a certain day as He, Jesus, was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town, Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. They were not spiritually aware of who he was. All they had was doubts. All they had was question marks. And so he turned Jesus turned to where the noise was coming through the roof. And instead of turning his attention, instead of healing, instead of ministering to the need that was there in the present tense of the Pharisees and the people of God, Jesus looked up and the man was coming down and he was paralyzed. And he said, first of all, son, he says, I forgive you of your sins. Whoa. You understand that is the very first thing on God's agenda is to get you and I to a place of repentance, to get you and I to a place at an altar of repentance. And we say, God, I wanna, I'm going to turn my life around for you. If you will forgive me, I want you to know that I want to serve you. I'll pick up my cross. I'll follow you, Lord. You can do the transforming. I'll do the following. The Bible says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
you understand that the Shekinah glory of God was released to the open public market on the day of Pentecost that you don't have to talk to a, a guy in a wooden box somewhere and you don't have to, uh, you know, to even talk to me per se. You simply can enter in to the presence of a mighty God and begin to worship Him and He will transform your life. Now listen again to Romans 12. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you give yourself, present to God your bodies a living sacrifice. You see, Jesus gave His body as an atoning sacrifice. Let us be willing to give our bodies to Him as a living sacrifice. It is my present to Him. It is your gift to God. It is your presenting to Him your life. Whatever is left. How many days is left? How many years? Say, Lord, I give to you. I present to you. I want to give my life. Because you know what? It's the only gift you can give him. He's not interested in your gold, except we are. Understand? Really, he is, but he does, he is, he wants, he wants. Your soul. He wants your heart. He wants you to find that place of worship. Of worship. I relayed the story several times. How that in my early days, non unknown, I didn't know God for anything. That we would go to rock festivals and we would go see, you know, concerts. Whoever the Rolling Stones are, whoever Led Zeppelin is, who, you know, you probably never heard of them back then. But it, here's the deal. Is that I'm, listen, when people go to those things, I want you to know that it is, you see them as they, they get wasted, but they go crazy. You know what they're doing? That soul is crying out, saying, take me to my God, because there is an inherent hunger and desire from the inside to find your God and worship Him. It's something that we were created for. I want to empty my treasure chest. I want to open, I want to Abraham, go to that altar. You're asking a lot, brother. Whew. You are asking a lot. Mount Moriah is a climb. He only carried the necessities up there. Brother Ryan brought it out. There's wood, fire, and sand. Isaac says, well, where's the sacrifice? You are the sacrifice.
as you stand with us here today, I believe that, I believe, I, I believe, I can't say I know because it contradicts with some of your beliefs possibly. My, my personal opinion is, is that God is doing everything that he can to try to somehow elevate you and I to a place where when we walk into the marketplace, you might not, you know, you not, might not be shining like Moses, but I guarantee you that if you walk into the marketplace and the Holy Ghost is emanating and radiating from the inside out, somebody's going to know the difference. If you are bearing the fruit, if instead of anger and strife and contention that you're smiling and you're, you're whistling, uh, you know, you're whistling Dixie, a God, you know, whistling Dixie gospel, that people are going to take notice and say, all right, man, what's wrong with you? Well, I've been in the presence. I've been in the presence of God. And he transforms me. But you know, every time I get into his presence, he does more on me and he begins to transform. Paul said, man, you look in the, you look in the mirror. He says, you, you don't notice the difference. He says, but I'm telling you that you look in the mirror and day by day from glory to glory, from one worship experience to the next experience, from, from the word of the Lord, from, from you personally having a, a relationship with the book. I can't tell you how many times God speaks to me just me personally reading this this same book. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. The way it just jumps off at you. But I believe that God is trying to the the experience begins at the altar sacrifice. It is ultimately your place of worship. I'm 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 convinced that there are people here today that you need spiritual direction. God said, Abraham, there it is. You see the mount? I was says there, Abraham seen it afar off, you know. Yeah, there you need direction in your life. You need healing in your life. Whatever it is that you need, the answer will always come at the altar. It will be there. You build the altar. You make the climb. But Abraham carried the wood and so on and so forth. You do you do you know? What weighs down mountain climbers that attempt to climb Mount Everest? Do you know what you know what life gets down to for them? A couple of bottles of water and a couple of bottles of oxygen and warm clothes. You mean you understand? The higher that you climb, the 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 less baggage that you are going to need to get there. They don't, they don't climb with 100-pound, you know, packs of ding-dongs and Cheerios and I know they down to the bare necessities. Bare necessities. Water, water and oxygen. Maybe a Snickers. Let me close with this story. It's 
in the first chapter of a book by Mark Batterson called Not Saved. He opens with this story. He says, a century ago, a, bound, a, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. Instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they would never return home again. There was one man by the name of A.W. Milne. He was one of those missionaries. He set sail for New Hebrides in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. His coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among the tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. The author, Mark Batterson, goes on to ask this question. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? I have faced a few impossible things. You understand? You're sitting in a place that was an impossibility. When did God ever, when did he start, when did, and I, listen, I love our missionaries, Kate, Corey, and Jason, I love them, but hold on, when you start to compare, when you start to compare apples with apples, we have a lady right back there, Sister Reyes, Liberia. I don't know how many PIMs she had. Wasn't like today. You understand? But on a personal level, on a personal level, it all comes down to that. You understand? Is it nobody gets out alive? You and I might as well have the spiritual attitude and fortitude that we just stuff everything mentally. And in our, we stuff everything right in the coffin. If we put it right where it needs to be, and we say, "Okay, God, I've given it all. I'm willing to give it all." Now, let's let the light shine. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. 
And this veil can only be removed, listen carefully, by believing in Christ Jesus, the God-man, and his gospel. And so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect now the glory of the Lord as the Spirit of the Lord makes us more like His image as we are changed from glory to glory, from one minute to the next minute, from one prayer meeting to the next prayer meeting, to one sermon to the next sermon, to one worship service to the next worship service. If we could have turned the light on, some of you, B.C., oh my goodness, if we could have seen the heart, you understand, not the outside appearance of what you were, but oh my goodness, I would never want my heart to be put on an open screen, B.C., in fact, sometimes I, I wouldn't even want to be put on the screen today. But oh, you understand the BC? He, that was ugly. Because we did not have the knowledge of this transforming gospel message. And when it came, it came in as a lightning bolt to some of us. So if you're here this morning, if you're here today, if you are looking, if you are desiring some miracle, direction, whatever it is, or possibly maybe the Lord is just dealing with you about something that you are in love with, it might be a little bit contradictory to your first love. He's not always going to ask you to slay that thing, but he will ask you to be willing to slay that thing. Would you come this morning? If you need special prayer, if you need a healing in your body, your mind, whatever, if you need a healing, we believe in the power. We believe that the presence of God is here to perform the miraculous here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Let's lift our hearts to Him this morning. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father. You are so good to us, Lord. Thank You for accepting us, Lord. Thank You for drawing us, Lord, to a place. The great privilege. The privilege of of giving you, Lord, whatever's left of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, we pray for your healing touch here this morning. We pray for spiritual direction here this morning. We pray that you would unleash, oh God, unleash, Lord, your glory. Unleash your glory here today.
Aleluia. Aleluia, aleluia. Well, that's it. Let's reach out to him. Let's reach out to him. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty.
and took our sin. you need to be dismissed, you are dismissed. Amen. I encourage you right now, if you would reach out to God. Amen. We are in the miraculous presence of the Lord here right now. Amen. God, I give you my life, my heart. Amen. Would you dedicate and consecrate your ways unto him? Oh, God, I surrender all to you right now in the name of the Lord. God, I let you reign on my life, oh, Lord. I surrender. Oh, that's it. Amen. Right now. Oh, God. Oh, that's it. Lives are being changed right here today. God is doing something. Amen. Magnificent and mighty in lives. Oh, that's it. Would you give your life to him? Oh, God. I need you, Lord. I surrender everything to you right now in the name of Jesus oh holy 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 is the Lord God almighty oh that's it oh God renew me transform me hallelujah by the renewing of my mind oh blessed be the name of the Lord that's it the Holy Ghost is sweeping through this place right now oh thank you Lord hallelujah 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 oh God in the name of Jesus Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, that's it. God, I surrender. I give it all to you. I love you, God. I need you in my life. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding Withholding nothing, I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing. 
withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I surrender all to you. Give myself. 
you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. Almighty for you. I want to be a warrior for you. I want to be a vessel, God, for your glory. I want to be full of your presence, full of your spirit, God. I want to be, Lord, where you want me to be, God. I want to be where you want me to be, Lord. I want your heart. I want your heart, Lord. your heart, God. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. Renew unto me the joy, God.
Be God vessels as you, the potter, Lord, works on my. 